Oh my God. I've just spent $15,000 on a domain name. You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. So just to give you a little bit of a context uh, to, to why, why have I just spent $15,000 on a domain name? Well, it's actually $14,895 uh, to be exact, but we're going to round it up to $15,000, which is an extraordinary amount of money. It's actually one of the biggest investments which I've ever made in my business. I think up to this date, I think the biggest investment was uh, close to $10,000 uh, when I took on a coach, um, a coaching company um, a couple of years ago, which absolutely transformed my business. But yeah, $15,000 on a domain is extraordinary. But just to give you a bit of background into why I've done that, and by the way, I'm not going to tell you what that domain name is. I'm sure you're all very interested in it. Some of you may actually get a picture of um, what that domain uh, is going to be, but uh, there's still a few things which are a few I's I've got to dot and T's I've got to cross uh, before it's officially mine and we launched the new app on that domain. But um, essentially, in the coaching space, uh, as we all know, well, not just the coaching space, the course builder space, uh, it's a very it's a very interesting industry because it's completely unregulated and different coaches uh, work on a variety of different things. They get different results in different areas. One of the things which I've noticed is there's a lot of coaches out there who literally just do this for the money. So they do this to make money for themselves, to pay their mortgage and put food on their table. And they don't seem to be that interested in um, the results which they get for their clients or um, whether they it's good value for money or whether clients go on to actually finish their course. It's just about them making money. And I would say as many as as much as 80% of coaches just should not be in business at all. And I, I lump coaches and course creators into the same sort of um, bracket. There was a, a very well-known course builder app out there, which released some stats which really shocked me. So they they wore it like a badge of honor, but they said that 11.4% of people who buy courses on their platform end up finishing them. And I was like, 11.4%, that is just so low. That's ridiculously low. But in the industry, that's actually quite high. And it shocked me that there's all these coaches and course creators out there selling courses and nobody is, you know, a very tiny majority, minority of people are going on to complete these courses. And I was just, I was shocked. Essentially, it just, it, like, it crosses an ethical or moral boundary here. If you're taking somebody's money and they're expecting to get a specific outcome or result from doing this course or taking on, like, working with a coach, you shouldn't be taking their money if they're not going to go through and complete it. Because what kind of results are they going to get if they think that through osmosis, that just by buying this course, all of a sudden they're going to get the result? So it, it's made me completely rethink, like, why I'm in, business in the first place. And thankfully, at Fearless Business, we do get amazing results for our clients. It's not 100% success rate. Uh, It's well over 90%. And I believe that if somebody's going to buy a course or spend some money on a coach, that you have a moral obligation to ensure that they get the best results. 
when I was trying to dial into like what it is that makes us stand out and get the results, there was a few things, you know, that came out of um, the woodwork for me that things that I wasn't doing necessarily very well and could do better. But also I was like, ah, there's actually a handful of things that we do really well that get help our clients to get really consistent results. So there's two, two like super obvious ones. The first one is that we introduce milestones into our um, coaching program. So there's specific prerequisites that every single one of our fearless crew have to do that if they don't do it, they're, they're less likely to get the result or outcome. So it could be something like being, a, being in the coaching space is, um, there's a lot about creating, building a personal brand out here. So um, having something as simple as getting, uh, professional headshots done and setting up a Google My Business presence and and a, a, a website which really um, like shows off your personal brand, that those three things um, we recognize um, lay the foundations for a very successful and prosper, prosperous coaching practice. So we ensure that all of the clients that we take on go through at least, you know, and we have about um, a dozen different milestones, prerequisites that each and every one of our clients has to go through, three of which I've named there and there's, there's several others as well that they have to go through those steps in order to get a decent result or outcome from signing up to Fearless Business. If they don't do that, we know they're not going to get the results. Now, I know that there are many coaches out there and courses available out there which don't have milestones in place. Too many coaches are basically just winging it, and that's not good enough. You need milestones in order to know that you're making progress and to have something tangible to measure against. The second thing which we noticed was that clients really benefit from having a number of small touch points throughout their time on the course or through the coaching program. And I call these nudges. These are little personal touches that you introduce uh, on a, a regular basis throughout the program in order to keep building momentum and get people like, you know, ensure that they're making progress. What we noticed though was that not everybody like, enjoys getting nudges in the same way. So for example, I had a course for quite a long period of time um, and we were sending out email notifications once a week that if they hadn't logged in for seven days, it was kind of beating them with the stick a little bit. And so I got quite a lot of pushback from um, clients saying, please, can you turn these emails off? I don't like it. Like, so, you know, I've been away on holiday and I've got this email. I feel really bad. So um, and, and it made me reevaluate how we deliver these nudges, these little mini touch points for accountability into the into our program, so that they're much more personalised to the individual. If you've got 100 plus members like we have, there isn't one way that is going to work for all of the different clients, okay? Down to who can make the calls, who can log into your online portal, who can do the workbook, who can, you know, show up to the quarterly meetups, which we do, and all, all of the good stuff like that. But when it came down to reminding people to A, do the milestones, B, log in and do the course material that we've got, C, fill out the workbook and things like that, we realized it needed that personal touch. And uh, something as simple as like, you know, you've got one person who doesn't mind getting emails, but they want it a bit more personalized and a bit softer. Not a, you haven't logged in for seven days, but hey, actually you really benefit from doing module number 17 because of X, Y, and Z. So it's much more helpful. It gives them like a ration, it rationalizes why they should do that module. The second thing was like, email is like a bit antiquated and people are using all sorts of different apps from WhatsApp, some people are happy receiving messages in SMS, some people in um, uh, Slack, you know, so you've got all these different apps available now, which you can deliver communication through, which each individual spends more time in, okay? So what we realized was that we needed to be able to deliver these different touch points, these nudges, 
in an environment that our clients were comfortable with. So we created this really tailored, um, when we tested this, really tailored approach to delivering the accountability. And it totally transformed the completion rates within the program because it was so heavily personalized. The only challenge was that you can't really do this at scale. Um, so this brings me full circle to why did I spend, you know, with the relevance here, why did I spend $15,000 on a, a, a domain name? So we're building an app in order to deliver the accountability that we want to be able to deliver at scale. And we want to, other coaches to be able to do this within their programs as well. So I'm, I'm building this app out and I came up with a concept for the brand. And I want, I love Ron Seal brands. Okay. I love, I love brands which just do exactly what they say they do, you know, on the tin, right? So it's just super simple. And if you've tried to buy a super simple Ron Seal domain, in 2021, it is nigh on impossible to find a domain which matches a brand, which matches a product, which is Ron Seal, which which is which is which is, you know. And I, I for years, I've bought all of these, um, all of my domains through Fasthost. They've been incredibly reliable. I own about 40 or 50 domains. Some of those are parked, you know, um, not necessarily being used, but I see them as an asset. And so. Uh, you know, and uh, bearing in mind, I've been in the industry, in the online digital space now for the best part of 20 plus years uh, in various guises from side hustles in my my teenage years and early 20s. My first proper business when I ran the agency, a marketing agency, where all we did was build websites, or worked with domains. And now in the coaching practice that, that spans two decades. And so I've been pre-programmed. Domains cost ten, a tenner. Domains cost a tenner a year. Domains cost a tenner a year. And then I, I found this domain, brilliant, this domain's available. And it's like $15,000, what, really? And I have spent several weeks ruminating over this, like this prospect of, God, the domain I want, is this going to stop the app? Is it not? Like, because a, a good domain is one of the best brand assets you can have for any kind of like online presence, uh, online brand, digital um, app, like software, software as a service type app, SaaS app. So it took me several weeks to ruminate over this before I realized that actually if I imagine if I owned this domain and the app takes off, then it will have been a worthwhile investment. And like you could put 15 grand into cryptocurrency into stocks and shares, into premium bonds, into building an extension on your house. And I was like, in 2021, what kind of an ROI am I going to get from this? And not only that, but things like crypto and stuff are so volatile, like stocks and shares as well, so volatile with the current environment. Like it, it would just be an unsafe investment. And I actually figured that of all of the things I could spend $15,000 on, like it, Obviously, the site I'm buying it from have worked out that this is an asset that is worth a significant amount of money. Worst case scenario, you know, my app doesn't take off and I don't earn any money from it. I've got the domain there as an asset. I can just sell the domain back at some point and maybe for more money. I don't know. <clears throat> it's a little bit like, for me, it's a bit like owning land. If you own a piece of land, you can do whatever, you, within reason, obviously planning consent aside, you can do whatever you want with that piece of land. You can build a bungalow on it. You can build a high-rise tower block on it. But if you don't own the land, you can't do anything with it. And so for me, a domain is a bit like purchasing a piece of land that I'm going to build an asset on, and then we'll see what, how we're going to maximize the return on that investment, how we're going to maximize the return on that asset, okay? And fundamentally, it hinges around this domain name, which I wanted to, to, to buy. And uh, so last week, I, I spoke to um, a branding expert who designed the Fearless Business logo. She did a, an amazing job, Sapna. 
And she was like, sounds to me like it's a no-brainer, Robin. So, and then I thought on it for another couple of days and eventually I pushed the button. And actually when I pushed the button to buy it, I had this enormous sense of relief because now I own this asset, okay? Irrespective of what happens, there's stuff which I've spent money on in the past and I would say that actually, you know, quite frankly, it's been a waste of money. This I see as like a really key investment to the future future success of the business. Um, I mean, one of, the, one of the nice things is I was able to put it on a, a pay, an installment plan, a payment plan. And so if the business starts to take off, I can actually buy it outright at some point in the future. It's costing me about $600 a month, I think, over the next couple of years. I I don't mind sharing this information because it's probably useful information for everybody listening. And um, yeah, I can pay it off at any point in the future. I think it works out to be about £450 a month at the current exchange rates. And I'm thinking that I, I would much rather, rather than have a long convoluted domain name when I'm trying to market this app in the future, I would rather just be able to have a nice, short, punchy domain name. It's only it's only eight or nine characters long. And to be able to say on Clubhouse, Facebook, when I'm typing out in emails, when I'm doing marketing campaigns, when I'm talking about it on podcast interviews and things like that, when I'm able to say the domain name and it's short and punchy and easy for people to type into Google, I think that is worth more than the money that I've actually invested in the domain. Because the lifetime value of potential clients within this business. I just get 10 clients through this app with what we've got planned. And it and over the course of 12 months actually pays off the domain name in its own right. So you can start to get a picture for how I've actually planned this out, mapped out the business model for this um for this this app, this tool which I'm building. Um, you know, I've looked at this and I thought, if I got just 200 clients at 50 pounds a month, which is like the, the middle tier the, of the premium tiers then, you know, that's a 10K a month business in its own right. What If we get to that level, like one month has paid for this domain, like why am I worrying about this? You know, this is actually, I feel this is one, and I'm probably justifying it maybe to myself, I don't know. Uh, I'd be interested to hear what your feedback is and whether you think it was a sound, sound decision to spend $15,000 on a domain or not. But I think it adds real gravitas. I think it adds real credibility to the business and the brand. Um, and 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 if we can get that ROI because the 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 the, the domain name and the brand for the product the product brand is so succinct, then it, it's done its job and it was a worthwhile investment. And I think there's a there's a lot in this day and age. There's a lot worse things that you can actually spend your money on business wise and never get it back. Um, you know, there's coaches, too many coaches out there, for example, who just don't have, you know, guarantees on their products or services. They don't offer refunds when things don't work out. And, um, you know, I've got the opportunity that if I own this, this domain, I've got to pay it down over two years. After that, it's just a tenor a, a month, a tenor a year as per all of my other domains. And you can kind of write that cost off. The other thing to look at as well, and this is on a very practical finance level, so because I'm investing in developers, because I've invested in this domain name, I'm putting time into developing this app. There's, there's things called R&D tax credits, uh, research and development tax credits, which if you're a limited company, you can um, do an R&D tax claim, uh, you know, um, along with your standard annual returns, which you do for your business, um, uh, financial uh, accounting returns. And you can actually save up to 20% of your corporation tax so if I if I spend 10k over the next 12 months on developers in the domain name plus a bit of my time I can actually save myself 2000 pounds next year in corporation tax. Now that is quite significant. That's actually when you take the exchange rates into factor those into consideration. 
that 2K R&D tax claim, and that's just in the next 12 months, and we'll probably do another one next year, um, in effect has actually paid off 20% of the, the, the investment in the domain name itself. So we're saving quite significantly in investing in this app. And I haven't actually figured that out until I've just been talking it through for the sake of this podcast. So this is, you know, this is really quite insightful. If And it's it's actually, if you look into, I would have a chat with your accountant. If you don't know about R&D tax credits, I would have a chat with your accountant and just see if there are things in your business, which, and it doesn't have to be software. It can be technology, engineering, um, uh, software, anything which you're kind of building in your business that makes it run better and faster and could potentially um, change the way that people think about your industry, i.e. it doesn't just benefit your business, it could potentially benefit others, you can do an R&D tax claim for. Um, there is a min- Last time I did one, the minimum spend is 10K. So you have to have spent 10K, made an investment of 10K into the thing which you're building uh, in order to qualify. And I don't know if that limit's changed, so I'll probably have to check that out. But um, uh, you know, it, it is actually going to be a really worthwhile investment and actually rationalizing it in my mind. In two years' time, if we do two tax credits, that's paid for 4K out of the 10K that it's 10,000 pounds it's cost us for the domain, not $15,000. So, cool. The other thing to think about as well is that um, I was ruminating over this because I was kind of like thinking about this from a personal perspective. If I took that $15,000 and just dropped it into my own bank account, what could I do with this? And this is where we start to get into the realms of like, personal money mindset versus business money mindset. And so many people get very hung up on the personal money mindset, the personal finance side of things. If I, I think if I'd had to rather, because the money's coming out of cash flow. So we've got positive cash flow within Fearless Business. Uh, I hope that continues into the <laughs> into the long-term future. And whilst we've got positive cash flow in the business, it actually makes it really easy for me to say, okay, well, I'll just it's, put it on a monthly plan and we'll pay it down out of cash flow. Like there's no problem with that. So in the business finance side of things, I can justify it, I can rationalize it, it makes sense. If I now had to go out and this is where a lot of startups, for example, fail because they would have looked at $15,000 for a domain and gone, nah, can't afford it. Or it's such a big chunk of money out of their startup funds that it just doesn't seem to make rational sense. Now, the reality is with this domain, so I bought the .com. I was desperate to get the .com. I also own the .biz, the .co.uk and a couple of other versions of it, variations of it, because I was able to get those. It was just the .com that was taken that I couldn't get. So you can launch your app on one of the other... Um, uh, top level domains, so a .biz or a .co.uk or a .uk or a .whatever, doesn't necessarily have to be a .com. I think a .com does give it gravitas uh, when you when you say that domain. If when I was starting out in my businesses, I had to spend $15,000 and then put it onto personal finance, i.e. take out a loan or uh, some funding from somebody else somewhere else or put it on a credit card, absolutely no, I, there's no way I would have done that. And it got me thinking about like the differences between how we think about the investments in our business. And I think if you can see the value in buying an asset for your business, you shouldn't be like you would you would take out a mortgage for your house without thinking about it, because that's what everybody does and has done for years. If the clutch dropped out of your car and you had to you didn't have any money in your cash, you'd go and get a zero percent interest free credit card and put it on that for you know, a few hundred that few hundred pounds or a couple of thousand pounds or how how much it costs to fix your car. Right. But when it comes to business, why do we hesitate about taking out personal finance to pay for these business assets? And immediately I was like, I was like, yeah, do you know what? If I was a hundred percent behind this idea, which I am, and I didn't have access to the cash out of cash flow, would I have borrowed the money to pay for this domain? 
And I got me thinking, I started to panic about the potential of losing this domain. What if I didn't buy it on a payment plan or outright or whatever? I could have bought it outright, actually, funny enough, but I just cho- chose to take it out of cash flow. It's just, it was, I, I prefer keeping cash in the business, so it was easier to do it that way for me. But I was like, what if I'd lost this, this domain and somebody else had gone and built the same app on this domain, like a similar app on this domain, and now our brands are competing, I'd have been gutted. I'd have been absolutely gutted. There are so many times in my business where I've been thinking about an idea for ages and I I ruminate over, like I've thought about lots of different apps over the last couple of decades that I could have, should have, would have built. I've even had a go at building a couple, but I've never committed to to them, you know, 100%. This one I'm committed to 100% because I want to transform the way that people deliver coaching uh, coaching to business owners and the, and how courses and accountability is run. It's so important to me. And I think I had to wait for the right time and the right idea before I actually launched it. It may, who knows whether it's going to work on only time will tell, but I, the, the thought of losing this asset bothered me and actually come to the crunch. I'm glad that I didn't have to, but come to the crunch. I think I would have found the money and borrowed it anyway. And so to, so to secure this, this domain, what that told me when I came to that conclusion, this is several weeks worth of thinking, by the way, that actually I'm that proved to me that I'm committed to this idea. Okay. I think if you're struggling to come to a conclusion about what to invest in, in your business, how much it costs, whether it's a sound investment or not, think about what if you lost that thing, if that thing just came off the market, you weren't able to buy it, somebody else got hold of it and you were no longer able to do the thing which you've been thinking about doing or wanted to invest in. That asset that you're thinking about building for your business, if you're worried about that, maybe you should just bite the bullet and do it or find a way to do it. Like There is no business out there that wasn't successful without taking some kind of a risk, okay? And uh, if you, now this for me wasn't really that big a risk. It's calculated, I can afford it, and, it, and there's an app that's going to be built on it. I will find a way to monetize it and get that, you know, make some money back on that investment. And if I don't make the money back on the investment, I can just sell the asset on. So there's this, re- I've gone into like a lot of deep thinking about this. I've mulled it over and come to the conclusion it's a sound investment. Um, you shouldn't make decisions quickly. I think that's, you know, if I was to summarize this, really mull over like what is it that you're buying how risky is this investment you're about to make are you buying an asset for your business or are you buying something that isn't going to add any value so are you actually going to get a return on this investment for your business when you buy that asset and what could you do if things don't work out what could you do with that asset at the end of it and i think if you if you test your idea with those five questions more than likely the upside far outweighs the downside here um, if you're interested to know a little bit more about this, then uh, there's a great video which I'd recommend you watch. It's um, Tim Ferriss did a talk about um, called Fear Setting, um, and it was a TED talk which he did. And he's got this fantastic fear setting exercise. It's only a very short. All TED talks are quite short, but and he he gives you a very simple like three or four step. Um, uh, exercise to do around fear setting. And I went through this when I was buy- when I was going through the process, deciding whether I should spend 15,000 on a bloody domain name, $15,000 on domain name. I went through Tim Ferriss's fear setting exercise. 
And do you know what? I'm so happy with the decision that I've made as a result of it, because I know that the upside is going to far outweigh the downside, even if things go wrong, like the world is not going to end. So there we go. So that's that's how I spent $15,000 on a domain name last week. Uh, I hope you find that this is helpful and insightful in terms of making decisions within your business. Uh, hey, I would love to hear about some of the investments which you've made in your in your business, uh, significant investments in your business, four and five figure investments. Did they work out? How did you find it? How scared were you when you actually made the decision finally to push the button on it? How did it make you feel? And um, did the person you bought, you know, made the investment with, did they follow through with their promise as well? I would love to hear your feedback, either through the face, you know, through Facebook or Instagram uh, or Twitter. Just let us know that you've listened to this episode, whether you enjoyed it or not. If you get a couple of minutes, please do leave us a review on iTunes because reviews on iTunes are like, um, it's like gold dust because it does help other people to find it in in iTunes algorithm. So drop us a a five-star review on iTunes. It just helps other people to find it. You've been listening to Robin Waite, um, founder of Fearless Business um, and host here of the Fearless Business podcast. Uh, Let us know as well if there's something which you would love for me to talk about or share my journey with Fearless Business. Uh, catch up with you in the next episode.